All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey guys, Tim here. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Or maybe you've got one that just doesn't seem to be growing the way you want it to. I'm going to be teaching an online course to share everything I've learned about growing Dropping the Gloves. In this course, we'll be covering how to start your own show and plan your content, monetize your podcast, build an audience, create a brand identity, leverage audience feedback, and analyze data in a way that's actionable. Here's the catch, though. You can find information about basically all of those things from a simple Google search. So I'm not going to share boring how-tos or best practices. Instead, I'll be sharing real stories from our experience with growing the show and the important lessons we learned along the way. Mistakes we made, what we wish we did differently, and how we turned a fun side project into a real business. And most importantly, how you can apply these lessons to your own podcasts. It's a 90-minute class that you can attend either of two nights, October 23rd and November 14th. You can find a link to more information in the bios of any of our social media pages, but also feel free to message me if you have any questions. I hope to see you there. Good morning, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. I'm here with Tim. We're here at the Leland Lodge in Leland, Michigan, right next door to Traverse City, Michigan. Tim drove in when? I drove in on Saturday afternoon. And it's our first in-person episode in, what, two years since your house? Since the GLI, if you count that. The GLI. That's yeah, true. which is almost a year ago now. It is a year. Well, yeah, it'll be a year in December. So anyways, thank you all for being with us on YouTube. If you're listening to us on the podcast, check it out on YouTube. That's where we're posting all our interviews now. We're in Tim's Lodge. It's beautiful here. Your uncle hooked you up. And so anyways, how you been, Tim? It's been a long time. <laughs> I'm good. It's good to see you. You look exactly the same, just a little bit more gray. That's about- oh, A lot more gray. I just finished the Blackhawks thing and I was about to go on camera and I, I was just thrown back astonished by how much gray hair i have because you don't think about it until you're like oh you're gonna have like thousands of people watching you and i'm like i'm totally gray absolutely totally gray my kids see pictures of me like five ten years ago because they they see him around the way people will bring stuff or whatever and they go who's that guy did you dye your hair <laughs> it's just embarrassing but anyways it's good we're back there's lots of hockey to talk about the season started i did on my chicago trip you drove here What's going on? What are we going to start with, Tim? Let's talk about Chicago. Your TV debut, uh, officially, I guess. You've been on TV before, but the first time as a broadcaster. What was that like? 
Um, it was all right. Yeah. It, it was fun. I drove down there. The thing was, it was just Bedard, 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 Bedard. And you know, I, you know me, we're, we're good friends now. And it's just, I hate, it's just repetitive. I hate talking about something over and over again. It's the same storyline. That's all they wanted to talk about. It was just every agenda point, every point that had to be made was either started or ended with Connor Bedard. And it was just, I get it. It was our first broadcast at home. I understand it. But by the third period, it's just like, what else can we talk about this kid? They made a huge deal that he forgot his stick for warmups because they were in Pittsburgh and he went to the wrong room because Pittsburgh's funny how the dressing room is laid out. And he just, he had to turn around and get his stick. And it was, it was like huge news. They talked about it for five minutes on the, on the broadcast. What was he thinking? What was the process? Did they, did players play, play a prank on him? Is that okay to play pranks? Is it bullying? I'm just like, you guys, like just, but anyways, he's, he's the new, uh, Taylor Swift. He really is. It's Beatlemania. It's Lynn Sanity. It's Taylor Swift all bundled into one. And I think they have to do that because when you look at the rest of their roster and this is where it gets tricky because I'm employed by NBC and I don't want to trash the Hawks, but after watching a game and looking at the roster and kind of digging into their team a little bit, there's not much there behind them. There really isn't. Taylor Hall didn't play, and it was it was a struggle for two periods for them to get something going. So it was a fun trip. They looked pretty good on opening night, I thought. And the, again, the, was it Pittsburgh? And then, yeah, coming down. But anyway, going back to Chicago, walk us through, like, what does a day look like when you're... When, what time do you get there? How long is preparation? Are you doing makeup? Are you nervous? Like, walk us through it. Well, you, it's a 6 p.m. start because it was a 7 p.m. Eastern time. So I got there at 4 and it's just bare bones you're it's in the nbc studios downtown chicago um you know there's like 10 15 people there i got there a little early just to get the lay of the land have some lunch i got some jimmy johns i used doordash by the way it was fantastic nation network uh nation 45 25 um, nation 25 that's our sponsor now we'll get to that later but um yeah and then i met uh kaylee chelios my co-host pat boyle we we kind of ran through our agenda no makeup no people who do that for you i did my hair like i said counted all my grays and um i broke down a tape they asked me if I wanted to break down anything. I thought the first goal for Bedard was interesting. It was just kind of showed his, just how comfortable he is and then the, how their line was meshing with Donato and Taylor Hall. It was a good goal. So I, I broke that down, put some graphics on the tape, and then we finished that. And then we did a pre-tape thing because it was Hockey Night in Canada. And then we just, the game started. It went by quick. You get there at four, and then all of a sudden you're live on air at 5.30. And so it's weird. You're in this studio and you're live, so you can't redo it. And you mess up a word, you kind of stumble on your your line a little bit. And usually with us, we would pause, maybe go back and start it again. Here, it's like you have to just keep rolling. It's it's a very strange dynamic, and it took me a while to get used to it. But it was fun. I enjoyed it. I, I think I did okay. And uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes from here. My next game is going to be in two weeks when they play at home the 27th, I think. I don't even know who they play against. But yeah, I'm not doing too many early on. I'm, I'm easing into it. Like as soon as it was over the next day, are you already thinking about like what you want to do differently or what you want to say or what you wish you could have added that you forgot or things like that? Is it, or is it just all natural when you get up there, whatever happens, happens? Well, yeah, you, you regret instantly. Yeah. I do that with the show and we're not even live. I know me too. I always think, oh, I should have said that. And you can't go back. And as soon as you say something or you don't say something and the worst is i'm teed up to say something and then someone will say it two seconds in front of me that yeah. happened with darren pang a couple times where he would be talking because they were in montreal and they would be talking about a play 
And then they would kick to us and he would say exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, dang it, panger. And I would have to just completely like 180. Because you still have to go, but you got a different thing now. The camera's on me and I'm sitting there, Connor Bedard, like, (laughs) you know, but it's a lot of fun. I think um, a newfound respect for much of what you do kind of lead the conversation when there's a low spot, when there's a a lull in the conversation, it's like, okay, we're going to shift and go this way. And I think the guy who does it with us, Pat Boyle is a pro. Yeah. And Tim gets my cues. Cause I'll say like, all right, what are we going to talk about next? And this and that. And we, we have our little towels and it's, it, it's very helpful or else there's a dead silence. And it's like, okay, what are we doing here? It's yeah. It's not always easy. You gotta try to stay like the 30 to 60 seconds ahead of it, you know, but it's not easy. It's and you, not easy. you like to go off script. And uh, anyway, what are you drinking there? I'm drinking a nice glass of Crown Royal. Our new one of our new sponsors. It's a big episode today. Nation Networks. We're we're rolling out some new sponsors. I know your list, our listeners. We we haven't had many sponsors, and that's been by design. We, we we're very picky with our sponsors. We don't just take on everybody. But Crown Royal is a big one, so we said, yeah, we're jumping on that train. So we got a little Crown Royal here. Went out and bought their deluxe 750 milliliter bottle. It's it's the it's it's the real deal. When I was growing up, this was the good stuff. So we would drink bottom shelf because we couldn't afford this stuff. But now that I'm older, it's good. You probably, Tim mixes with Coke. It says a lot about him. I don't, I'm straight. Well, like I take it straight. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean like, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's a good drink. They're one of our new sponsors and we're back with DoorDash. Very exciting. DoorDash is coming up. Yeah, it's actually really good. And I've been trying to get more into whiskey. Like in my mind, I'm a whiskey drinker. I think it's the coolest thing. I'm not being ironic. Like I really think it's great. I just wish I liked it more than I do. It takes a lot, but mix it with some Coke. I'll tell you what, I could drink this all night. When I was younger, that this would be our drink of choice. And like when we would cobble together some, you know, rub some quarters together, we would get this, we'd get a two liter of Coke. When I was like 17, 18, like younger, and that would be our drink. We would have, you know, a couple drinks before we'd go out. I guess I would have been 19. Yeah. The legal drinking age is 19. So I, we would have a couple and head to the bar. Yeah. Now we're having a gentleman drink while we're doing a podcast. It's nice. So go and get some Crown Royal, everybody. Should we get to some hockey news, Tim? Let's do it. So this, the league's been active for four or five days now. Everyone's talking about a few things. One of them is Austin Matthews. He's played two games. He has two hat tricks, six goals already. Last year, I think it took 12 games for him to get to two goals. And then he did it in two, in, in less than one, the yeah. first one. Um, how is he doing it so far? Well, I don't know if it's just his health or he's just feeling better. Last year, he was dealing, coming off his wrist injury. He was fighting something all year, it seemed, because he wasn't himself. And he still put up 40. Yeah. So for him to come in and get six, I don't know if it's just because they played the Senators and he's, you know, Corpusalo is not feeling it so far. But I tell you what, he... Is he the greatest goal scorer in the last 10 years? Because when you look at when he entered the league in 2016, has he taken the baton from Ovechkin as the most dangerous threat from Steven Stamkos, from these guys who are known as just a setup shop shooter? They're not a shooting off the, you know, off the rush. They're not this and that. They're not a playmaker. These are legit snipers where you put them in the spot and they just fire away. That was Ovechkin for 10 years. We all, we all know where he went. Is Matthews now the guy when it comes to scoring goals? Yeah, he has to be because it's not just the like the because think about last year he was hurt, not quite himself, and then you think about like two years ago we were asking a lot of our guests 
Matthews and McDavid, right? And then we took that question off the agenda because it seemed silly. It was like, there's not a conversation anymore. It's McDavid and everybody else. But Matthews wasn't his best. And now he is. And you talk about just like the the goals that he's scoring, the confidence that he has. He's so strong on the puck. He can do anything with it. And you said last week or a couple of weeks ago, McDavid will probably end up leading the league in goals. But if you have one guy shooting the puck on the, with the game on his, on his stick, you want that Matthews to take that shot. Well, it's Matthews. I think when you, it would be interesting to go and look at how many scoring chances people get and the amount of times that they convert on those chances. Because I guarantee you, McDavid outpaces Matthews in total chances, grade eight chances, probably for every three of McDavid, Matthews might get one and a half because McDavid puts himself in a position to score so many times, but he can't finish. Let's be honest. His first couple years, he was terrible on breakaways. He would get them all the time. He would miss them. He had an okay shot. He has really grown his scoring game throughout the years, whereas Matthews came in. And the guy was lethal. First game gets four goals. Like he was a bona fide goal scorer the minute he stepped on the NHL ice. Yeah. So in my eyes, when you're looking at just straight goal scoring, that's that's Austin Matthews. But McDavid will score more because he's a better hockey player. He's he is your dog. So <laughs> Tim's dog is here, and this is twice now. I'm wearing open toed shoes. <laughs> he sits down right on my toes. So it was bum holes like right on my toes. Okay. I don't know if it's some sort of thing with him or what. His name is Levi. You don't have to say Tim's dog. You can address him. He's right here in front of you. Talk to him when you're talking to him. Why are you, you know? putting your butthole on my toes? That's what I want to know. It's happened twice. <laughs> His tail's wagging. <laughs> well, okay. Sticking on the lease for a second here. Now he's on mine. Um, they're 2-0. Yeah. Ryan Reeves, two games, two fights. Love it. Yeah. He's having an impact on the, on the roster right away. They're all, they're all a little bit taller. You know what I mean? When he's on the ice and he's fought. I mean, two, Felino and, and Jack Guy are both like, they're among the better fighters in the league right now. That's where the league is gone. And so what does he add to that lineup? Well, I think I was I was talking to Carlo Koliakovo, um, a, a, desperately wants to be friend of the show, um, about Ryan Reeves. And, and, I, and I just told him, I said, this is who Ryan Reeves is. He's going to make your team better. And this is why you pay him all this money. They gave him one point something million dollars. And I was joking with Ryan that he's overpaid, but this is why he will be good. The Toronto Maple Leafs the last four or five years have tried to add that toughness, but I think they've done it. You know, I don't want to say washed up or second tier tough guys with Wayne Simmons and Kyle Clifford's and these guys, Zach Bogosian's on the back end. Those guys are great. They tried to maybe mix the two. Oh, you know, he's kind of tough and he's going to skate a little bit. He's going to be a good player. It hasn't worked out. At all. Wayne Simmons was a complete failure. Kyle Clifford's now in the AHL. They haven't had someone of this ilk since Colt Knorr and Fraser McLaren back in the day when I was still playing, when the dinosaurs roamed the earth. Reeves is able to keep up in the play. He's not a liability defensively. He can get it on the forecheck and bury guys. And we saw that his first two games. The reason he's getting in fights, that one fight versus Arbor Jack guy, he buries someone at the neutral zone. He comes in, does a great forecheck, buries a defenseman, and Jack guy's forced to come over and address him and fight him. Jack guy didn't want to fight. I, I did a breakdown of it. And Jack guy's just trying to throw Ryan to the ground. That That's all he wanted. And the reason with the Marcus Foligno fight he buries somebody. He hit who'd he hit um, from Minnesota? He buries him center ice. Marcus comes over to address the hit, and then Ryan beats him up. So he buries somebody on Minnesota. He beats up Marcus Foligno, and it's a win-win. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, like you said, they have nothing to worry about. They're, it's it's a different thing when you have someone in your lineup who you know can beat the tar off of anybody in the league on any given night. Whereas if you had a Kyle Clifford, yeah, top fifteen. 
toughest guy in the league? Maybe. You know, it doesn't have the same fear factor of other teams coming in. It's like, oh, Kyle Clifford might grab me and we might wrestle for five or six seconds, then we'll fall down. Whereas if I hit somebody, Ryan Reeves could break my jaw. You know what I mean? There's a big difference when it comes to to cause and effect. I hit that guy. Maybe I get in a wrestling match with Kyle Clifford. I hit that guy. I end up in a surgery drinking through a straw for the next two months. There's, there's a huge difference. That's the difference between someone who's like, okay, it's good to know that Kyle Clifford has your back. Like that, That's a helpful thing. That's not, that has value. But having to know that someone on your team is striking fear in the opposition is a whole nother level. It was like the Hawks game. And I, and I don't want to do this on this show, but the last game they played Montreal, Arbor Jack guy was just bullying everybody. Every whistle, every hit, he was hitting everybody. Bedard, all their top players who was pushing around, nobody stepped up. That was You it. can't even name a second top player. I was trying to think of somebody else because Hall's <laughs> out. I'm like, who? Tyler Johnson? Korczynski? Korczynski. He's pretty good. No, he played really, really bad. Did he? Oh, and I was I was high on him. You know who did play good is um, Alex Vlasic. Six foot six defense. He moving the puck pretty well, but Korczynski game to forget. But back to my point. Jack, I looked at Chicago's lineup. He goes, okay, you got Jared Tenorti. He's 6'6", soft as, you know, baby food. You got Vlasic, 6'6", not terrified of him at all. The toughest guy on the team is probably Nick Foligno. He did what he wanted. He pushed people around before the whistle, after the whistle, during the play. He was just at will controlling everybody physically, and no one stepped to him at all. So if and I'm not going to – if they have me in the lineup, Chicago, a, a prime John Scott, Jack, I's not doing that. You know what I mean? So it changes the game. It changes the tone. And Ryan Reeves, he sets that tone for Toronto. I'll never forget one of my first weeks in Buffalo when I went there. I was there to protect Ryan Miller. Thomas Vanna came up to me. I don't know where, unprompted. And he said, I'm so glad you're here. I'm having the best season of my career. Just because no one's touching me anymore. He used to get hacked. He used to get slashed, held, chirped, this and that. He, He could skate free. And he had a career year when I played there. And it's just because guys know, and I talk about this all the time. The fear factor is real. You can't not feel it when you step on the ice and you see Ryan Reeves warming up and you're a tough guy. You're like, damn, okay, I might have to fight this guy. And it uh, it changed how I played. And I was one of the bigger dudes. So and there's no one big in the league anymore. So if you see Ryan Reeves across the ice, it's like, I'm not going to finish that check. Why would I push someone in the scrum knowing Reeves is right there beside me? So it just makes everybody behave. And Toronto's scoring at will now. I think they got 13 goals in two games. Ryan Reeves has chipped in a little bit offensively. I think he has an assist, two fights. He's playing great. You watch. You'll have a couple more fights in the first 10 games, and then he'll coast because everyone will be scared of him. So sticking in with uh, Canada for a minute, the Canucks are 2-0 as well. They looked really good. Brock Bass is scoring goals. Pedersen's putting up points. Every year, at least the last three or four years, the problem has been the slow starts to the season. That's been their issue, and then they have a lot of trouble making up that ground. They can finish strong, but they just have too much ground to make up. Only two games in, so it's only 2-0, and but what have you seen from their start so far? The goaltending has been solid. Thatcher Demko started that first game. He left. I don't know why. I don't know what injury he has, but Casey Smith came in. He's played solid. The forwards have been great. JT Miller, Patterson, like you mentioned, Brock Besser, they've been solid, and they're playing. A- Here's the thing. Is it a good Vancouver team, or is it just the Oilers are slow starters? Because they played Edmonton both games – I don't know. I have. I didn't really watch either game because I was. It's West Coast, Tim. It's it's late. But I, I saw some of it. Edmonton looked really really lackadaisical. Their goaltenders looked bad. They they outshot Vancouver the second game, forty to sixteen. Stuart Skinner led in four goals on sixteen shots. So I don't know what's going to give. Whether Vancouver slows down and it's just the Edmonton Oilers are having a bad start, or they're that good. Who knows? But 
if you kind of buttress and dovetail together a good start with Vancouver together with how they finished the last three, four, five seasons, they're a playoff team. I hope so. It's good for hockey if they are. It is, but then you lose out on like the excitement at the deadline of them. Who they're are they going to get rid of JT Miller? What's Pedersen? He hasn't signed a long term deal yet. What's going to happen with Vancouver? Are they going to blow it up? When you look at the roster, they're good, but all that aside, they do have one of their better players who has trade rumors swirling around him. Who's that, Tim? Connor Garland. Why is he always on the market? This is a good two-way player. What are they saying about Connor Garland? Well, the things they're talking about right now, he's on the trade market and the price isn't very high. They, ideally, they they want to open up to like a million or two in the calf space. That's what they're trying to do. So they're being realistic about their return. The teams right now interested are Columbus, Nashville, and Winnipeg. So why? Why are they trying to open up this cap? He doesn't want to be there. I don't know if he's formally requested or not, but it, I, I think he did because he was he was asked before the season started about not being traded over the summer. And he's like, you know, it is what it is. I'm paraphrasing, but it is what it is. I'm here now and we're going to play some hockey. That's basically what he said. If so. you're a GM and a player brings that to you, how aggressive are you trying to trade him? Because do you feel like because he said it in the press publicly, obviously, so people hear about it. Do you just give in to the player and right away, I'm, I'm going to start shopping him? Or do you play hardball and say, this is my team? I will decide who gets traded and who doesn't get traded. You don't get to dictate what happens to you. Be a professional, play the game. And if I want to trade you, I will, but it's not up to you. Yeah. Well, it also hurts their bargaining power, right? right? You know what I mean? So like they said, they don't, they don't expect to get very much, but would you bet on him being uh, traded? If you were a betting man, if you were betting on sports, I would. He's a valuable piece. I think people underestimate how good he is in an all-around game. He he's one of those greasy players who people just despise, and he puts points on the board. He's a poor man's Brad Marchand, a very very poor man's Brad Marchand. But I wouldn't trade him if I was a GM. I'd say suck it. You're here. We're winning. This is a good team. We have a good situation. You're staying. I like what the Colts GM does, Jim Irsay, or is that the owner? The owner, yeah couple times now, t- players have held out. Oh, we're not. He's like, okay, and then just sit there. Well, I'm not going to pay you. You're not going to force me to trade you and just sit there. And so I, I like that, that kind of mentality where you signed on a player, you honor your contract, and then we'll, then we'll negotiate when your contract's done. Until then, you show up and you do your job. Did you see that quote from Quinn Hughes last week about losing? <sighs> and then now they're 2-0. and Yeah. I, again, I don't have it in front of me, but he's basically just saying how he's just so sick of it. And and it's a good thing, I think. I mean, uh, he's a captain now, so I think his words carry a little bit more weight. But it has to be frustrating when he put up 73 points last year as a defenseman. He's the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, we talked about this two weeks ago. What a terrible pick. Who, but who's better? Probably nobody, but wow. No, he's, he's the pick. Is yeah. he not JT Miller? I don't know. I don't... <laughs> I don't know. Friend of the show. Don't be friend of the show. But yeah, I like that talk. It's, it's very good to hear kids saying that because I think we become too complacent with just like next year, it, the Leafs, that was our calling card for years. Well, he's going to watch his two brothers make the playoffs every year. Right. And he, he even said that in his quote, like, I don't want to be on the, t- on the couch watching my brothers play. Brady never said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brady, he's got he had a beautiful goal the other night too. Was that last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I I think it's a good thing to say that. I think it's another thing to maybe say it in the locker room first before you come out in the press, and then you come back to the locker room. It's like, all right, like we're we're 
working on it. I, yeah, it's a good thing. I, I think it's a good thing. If I were to bet on the Canucks making the playoffs, do you feel like I would win or would I be donating 25% of my losings to charity? Well, it, it only depends on if you're signed up with Give Better. Because of the only spot that gives you 25% on all your losses. And I tell you what, a lot of people lose. Just say I bet four times, I'm going to lose three of them. That's 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 the going rate for betting. Not everybody's a savant like Tim who just nails everything. But you can't be like Tim if you're more like me and you need some help. Go to give better. You place four bets, you lose three. Guess what? On those three losses, you give 25% of your losses to charity. And it's huge. Charity of your choice. Tax deductible in most spots. You got to check it out based on your state or province. Tell them we sent you. Go to givebetter.com. It's, it's just... A, it's super easy. I don't know why everyone would do it. It's going to be huge. It's in, it's live in Canada now, coming in the new year in the States. It's going to blow up. It's going to blow up. What, what's not to like? So Nothing's not to like. So check them out. Tell them we sent you. It's, oh gosh. Yeah, do it. Speaking of beautiful goals, did you see that Michigan Tech goal the other day? I did not. Oh, we're going to have to... I almost feel like I should pull it up right now. What I don't know if it was a shootout or, or a penalty shot, but it was one of those Marek Malik between the legs goals, but, but smoother because he's like a skilled forward. And they have... A, Someone tweeted that. I said, like, they have a flashy forward for the first time, maybe ever. I don't How know if it's a rookie. did I not see this? Michigan Tech Huskies, probably the best hockey team in Michigan this year. They're doing great. They they had a little stumble versus um, Anchorage, Alaska this past weekend. But I tell you what, if you have kids who are in the market to go to a good hockey school, get your engineering degree. Go to Michigan Tech. I never regret going there. People always ask me, well, such a small school going up north. I played against the best competition. I got a good education. I got tons of playing time, and it was fantastic. Tim's pulling up the goal right now. I don't know. Was it, is it a shootout? Yeah. Here, go ahead. Go ahead and watch it. All right. Let's see. This is great radio here, but it's important for you to watch this thing. You guys can see his live reaction to the goal. All right. He was on SportsCenter. Number eight on Sports Center coming in hot. This was yesterday. We got oh, it's Pietala. Yeah, that's Luke Pietala, I think. Oh, that's slick. That's versus Alaska. And yeah, I think that's a normal goal these days. Your phone's so light. Thank you. It's a it's a normal goal. It's just he just fakes backhand, goes back between his legs on the forehead. It's a good goal. So let's go back to Canada for a second. The Oilers, not so great. 0 and 2. And it's weird because McDavid only has three points in two games. Same with Dry Subtle. Same with the nudes. They both have, they all have three points each, but it feels like a slow start for them because they're losing. Here's the thing with them. They let up a lot of goals. Oof. Both of their goalies, Skinner and Campbell, each have a seven, 75 save percentage to start the year. What do they have to do to right the ship? They got to get a new goalie, don't you think? Yeah. Well, Skinner was so good last year, but he's so young. It, we, we've seen it time and time again where a good young player comes in, he has a good first few years, and then he just fizzles out. Shooters figure him out, they find holes, and he's not able to kind of adjust and cover up those holes. Tristan Yari comes to mind. Carter Hart. Carter Hart, Matt Murray. It, it happens quite a bit. Shooters just need to find one weakness, and you're just getting lit up left and right. Bennington. Bennington. So we'll see what happens with Edmonton, but your team is too good. To not address this. And I think the big issue is, is just Jack Campbell makes so much money. I think he makes $4 million Five. a year, $5 million a year. You, you can't come back from that. You can't send him down to the minors because you end up eating a bunch of that cap. No one's going to trade for him. You're stuck with this guy's this guy for another two, three years. Yeah. So you're just going to have to, you know, deal with it. 
Yeah, I mean, again, it's only a couple of games. So, I mean, this is, we don't want to overreact, but this was the problem that we knew going into the season and they did nothing about it, partly because it, there was nothing they could do because like Campbell, like you said, and Jack Campbell, was, he was like a popular pick for like a bounce back season. A lot of people kind of had him like surprising people and, and winning the job back and having a great year. But so far, not it's so good. two games and we, we can't rush to conclusions, but it's not good. It's concerning. If I'm Ken Holland... If this goes on four, five, six games, I am trading Stuart Skinner. I am trading Jack Campbell to a team that I will eat three or four million dollars of his cap. But what GM in, in their right mind would take on a Jack Campbell? Nobody will. So they're in a tough spot. I, I doubt they have any cap space. I doubt they'll have any suitors. W- what is the answer? I, I don't know. You just have to go back to what they're good at. You got to score goals. You're going to have to go back to how it was two years ago. You're going to need to beat Team 7-6. And that works for the next six months, but what do you do in the playoffs? You lose. <laughs> you lose. Yeah. And this is why Edmonton, I thought they made strides last year. Skinner played well. Their defense, they they made some great moves. They bring in um, Larson. You bring in Ekholm. You have Nurse. You have these good young defensemen and Evan Bouchard. Kulak is a good defenseman. I thought they were going to turn the page this year. And it just it's, it's two games. So it's early. But if they can't figure this out, Tim, it's going to be a long year. Bruins are 2-0. Yeah. Are you buying into it? Well, no, because they beat the Chicago Blackhawks. And who else did they beat? Nashville. Two two subpar teams. So, again, much like the Edmonton Oilers, let's just play the waiting game. It, it, it's it's very early. We'll see how it pans out. But so far, so good. The good results. They almost lost to the Hawks, but they squeaked it out. I don't know. Has, has anybody stood out for you on the Bruins? Lucic looked good. Yeah, that line actually looks good. And he's obviously not a fast player, but the line plays fast. He's with um, uh, Geeky and what's his Frederick? name? Yeah, I think so. But they're, they're mixing it up. all. Like every, they're still figuring it out. It's a whole, basically a whole new group. Yeah, the first couple of weeks, everybody's trying to feel themselves out. There really, really hasn't been one team that's stood out, minus the Vegas Golden Knights. I feel like they are the class of the Pacific, or the class of the Western Conference. They will coast to a first place seat, I think, this year. What was week one or even month one like for you in your career? Like, it's, did you? Well, I tell you what, people people just think it's a throwaway couple of weeks, but it's vastly, hugely important. When you look at the end of the year, teams are losing out by one point, two point, three points. I remember my first or second year in Minnesota, we were in a massive playoff chase. We were one of three or four teams for that last playoff spot. We missed out by one point. And all the guys in the room after the year, I think it was my first year because I got called up midway. They were just ruining the first couple months because you give away a point here, you give away a point there. You weren't sharp when you go to play a dumpy team and you should have came away with two points. And, and it just eats at you all summer long because it's it's one of those what could have been. And then you turn the page and I, when I was with Chicago, we snuck in with the eighth seed. We should have beat Vancouver in that first round. And then you, in your team like... Vancouver the year before who goes to the Stanley Cup finals or the LA Kings who wins the cup as an eighth seed. So these first few weeks, it's so imperative to get off to a hot start. There's a stat. If you're in a playoff spot after Thanksgiving, is it or a certain point, there's a 75% chance you make the playoffs. So it's, it's huge to get off to a good start, not dig yourself a hole. We just talked about the Vancouver Canucks. If you're 10 points out at Thanksgiving because you had a slow start, you're pretty much dead in the water it's it's hard to make up points in the latter part of the year especially now with the shootout and overtime the way they're structured when there's three points given out but what about for you specifically like did you play more in the beginning of the year did you get more ice time or specifically i would get more yeah yeah 
Yeah. They want to see what they have. They want to see where they're going to go in the future. But yeah, I would I would t- typically play more. And as the season wore on, they, they go to what's, you know, the bread and butter. And I was never the bread and butter. How many seasons of the nine that you played did you play in game one? Oh, ooh, that's a good question. I'd say half. Yeah. Five or yeah, four or five, maybe six. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder. That's a good question. And both, well, yes, Minnesota, yes, in Buffalo, yes, in Chicago. It was weird in Chicago because they were raising the banner, and yes, always felt that first year in Chicago was weird. We go to the White House, they raised the banner. You at the White House? Yeah, <laughs> met Barack Obama. Michelle what do you Obama. do in the back room or what? Just, yeah, we're in there. I'm like, everybody steps forward who won the cup, and it's me. I'm like there with Victor Stahlberg. We're just like, hey, like, but he wasn't he there the year before? No, he he won it. The next year. Okay. Or two years later, but I didn't. I was in between. Yeah. But yeah, it was just weird. So yeah, I, I, I guess I played in the game one and maybe maybe more than half. Yeah. Then they realized how bad I was and they just took me off. <laughs> that's that's kind of <laughs> what I was getting at. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. San Jose, I did not. I remember because they went on like a three or four game losing streak. And then I played my first game versus Washington. And I went bar down versus Braden Holt. That was your first game of the year? First game of the year. <laughs> yeah. And we won that game. And then I was in for a while. My winning percentage in San Jose, I think it was like 75%. Someone sent it in once. Remember? Kevin Kurtz, the writer in San Jose. Was it was it him? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, check out this winning percentage. I played like 40 games and I think I was 30 and 10. They just never played. I don't even don't even get me started. Plus that the whole Canuck series with Chicago. But um uh, yeah, I didn't realize that was game one of the season or your first game of the season first that you scored because you must have thought, man, I'm I'm going to get 10 this year. You know? Well, not 10. And I did set a career high. I got three. Yeah. So I scored there. I scored in Calgary. And then I got an empty netter versus Colorado. Uh, two wins and a loss. So not bad. Okay. But to play devil's advocate, your best year was the team's worst year. Yeah. Not my fault. Bad Sandwich. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sandwich in between two successful seasons. If you think I moved the needle that much. You can't, but you can't take credit when you do, and then say when when they don't when you when they I play worse. I wasn't on the ice when they lost. Okay. <laughs> if I was if I played eighty two, we probably would have made the playoffs. I will say that I'm okay. confident in myself. If I would have played eighty two games, yeah, we we would have made the playoffs. I quizzed you like three years ago on on your own stats. I should do that again. See how much you remember. Oh, nothing. which year did you have the most pins? Which year did you play the most games? Which year did you? I don't even know how many points I've gotten total. Eleven. Eleven. Five goals, six assists. Yeah. See, I don't. It was nice when you had five goals and five daughters and it worked out well. But then you could say, oh, I scored one for each of you. But okay. then the family got too big. Imagine if I have 11 kids, 12. <laughs> which one is a goal? Which one is assist? I'll tell you right now who my favorite is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why don't we rank your kids? <laughs> I could. People always say, I don't have favorites. I definitely have favorites. Is it? Is it? Does it change? Yeah. It's... Yeah, but I, I, well, it changes, but I definitely have a bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I the know The bottom doesn't is. change. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that I don't love them all, but I just like... One gets on my nerves yeah. all the time because I think she's just like me. You can you can love them the same and like them differently. I think that's yeah, okay. You love them all and you, yeah, it's just like you're everybody. Yeah. You have, do you want any more Crown Royal? I'll take a little bit, yeah. Do you need a little more Coke? Why not? No, let's do it. Wow. Um, growing some hair on your chest. I don't want that much though. <laughs> um, did you see Jeff Petrie's going to be a healthy scratch in, in Detroit? Wow. Why? I just saw the tweet a little while ago. Well, Detroit has been playing well. They came out hot, beat Tampa Bay in their first game. Alex Dabrinka gets two goals or three goals, I want to say. Am I wrong on Detroit? Because I've been critical of them 
all offseason saying the Yeiser plan hasn't worked. He's been bringing in bad contracts. It was a mistake getting rid of Bertuzzi. His draft picks, other than Mo Sider, have been suspect. Am I wrong? Uh, too soon to say. They bring in JT Comfer. They sign David Perron. They signed Andrew Kopp. All good players, not even close to the best of their class. Maybe overpaid on the back end. He brings in Ben Sherratt. He brings in the guy from Toronto. Was it um, Justin Wall? Hall. Hall. Slower defenseman. <laughs> I don't know. The reaction when we posted that a few weeks ago was either you're wrong or you're right, but it's not his fault because of their bad draft lottery yeah. results. No one wants to hold him accountable, which is, I get I get the mess that he took over, but it's also like these other teams have laughed you and you, ha- you don't have one. Most either is really like your only young stud that you've locked up. Like Larkin is great, but he's 30 years old now. You know what I mean? Um, who else have they locked up? Yeah, they well, they've signed long term to all the guys they've brought in, but nobody on the team they've locked up. To I'm not excited about contract. But. I'm not excited about most of these guys. Yeah, is it is it the case where he's just resting on his laurels with the Stanley Cup champion? There's been a lot of coaches. Lula Morello did it for years. He's still doing it. Where he won a bunch of cups with the New Jersey Devils, and now people think he's a genius. Is that what Steve Eiserman's going to do? He was the architect of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Then he left, so he didn't get a ring for any of those. But he's attached to them. Yeah. Does he coast on that forever now? No. How, no. What's his what's his runway? Um who's gonna fire Stevie Eiserman in Detroit? That's yeah. what I want. It, who is it? It's like Cam Neely in Boston, you know? We're pretty fed up with him right now. But how can you be fed up with Cam Neely? President's trophy brings brings Bergeron, Krejci, all these guys back last year. It's not his fault Patrice Bergeron blew it in the playoffs and his pride was too big. His head was so big he couldn't fit through the door. They had to get a supersized helmet for him. You I got to play game four or game five. I got to play. Be there with the guys. Okay. He sucked. Minus four. Lose the series. Biggest collapse in sports history. Sports history. Patrice, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. I would love to. What was he thinking game five, six, and seven? The gall of that guy to put those skates Ugh, on. Stop, stop. Move on. What's What else? Sometimes the truth hurts. You tell me what else. What do we got on the agenda? Well, there was one other question I was going to ask, and now I'm blanking on it. Um, for the Red Wings, I don't know. Yeah, let's, let's get into the quick hits. Do they make the playoffs? That's what I, I, Again, they played one game. They looked very, very good. If they continue to play like this, Buffalo's 0-2. Ottawa's had an okay start. Do they make the playoffs this year, the Detroit Red Wings? No. 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 I agree. No. No. All right, moving on. Yeah. um, Let's get into some quick hits. All right. Brought to you by who, Tim? DoorDash. Ding dong. Ding dong. DoorDash is here. Quick delivery with DoorDash. I'm very excited. When I use DoorDash, I use promo code NATION25. And guess what? You get 25% off. You get free delivery only in Canada, but you get all those great things. Hopefully coming soon to our USA listeners. I apologize, but one day it'll be USA included. But for those of you in Canada, use nation 25, you get 25% off free delivery. Now let's get to the quick kits brought to you by DoorDash. Quick delivery. That's nation 25, all caps, by the way. Uh, Some sad news. Kirby doc injured. I thought you were going to say someone died. <laughs> the season might have died. Uh, so we don't know what's up yet. It's it's quote unquote not short term injury. It's quote unquote significant. 
We don't know all the details yet. Slavkovsky was asked about it because he must know more being in the room. And he said in Russian translated, not Russian, where is he? Uh, what is, whatever. European. Uh, <laughs> European. Um, but he basically said like, yeah, this, it sucks. The, the, you know, just your body's failing you. Kirby Doc, we don't know what the deal with him, but pretty sad news for him. Saw the hit and he gets buried by Jerry Tenorti. He throws him over the boards. That was the hit that you yeah, heard of? Very on? unassuming because he kind of just landed on his keister on Seth Jones' lap. I don't know what he could have twisted or pulled. It looks like when he, he was going off, he was he was laboring on his right knee. He was kind of favoring that side. So hopefully it's nothing serious. Maybe it was just an ACL tear. Who knows? And he's out for this season. But yeah, that's tough luck. The guy had a good year last year, bouncing back from a poor Chicago showing. I don't know. It poor is kid. sad news. Yeah, sad news. Poor Kirby. The next one here and the final one, Devin Tays. Signed a contract extension, seven years, $7.25 million in Colorado. Honest reaction of a deal. Is he the best bat Robin to a Batman? So he's okay. So, you know, Mike Kelly, the analyst, he's like this. He's known as a stats guy before. Um, no, I don't. He says that Taze is probably a top three or four defenseman in the NHL. Oh, all the advanced analytics are behind him for that. He basically says like he'd be number one on, on a lot of teams. He's number two because he's playing with Kale. He's a perfect player for Kale. But when you look at the all situation stuff and the decision making and the hockey IQ and all that stuff, he, he ranks them that highly. I don't. I don't think you do based on the face you're giving. Well, how much of that, because the advanced analytics, they take into account zone time and this and that. And yeah, shots, Corsi. And how much of that is because you're skating next to Kale McCarr? Well, I think they're able to isolate that stuff using yeah. the numbers. But again, it's you have to believe it. This is also the advanced analytics that took that picture out of the Toronto Blue Jays a couple of weeks ago. So dumb. I so, could go on and on about that. You leave him in. He's the best pitcher you have. Yeah. But anyways, I think it's a good deal. It's a fair deal. He obviously knows what he's doing. He's a good safety blanket for Kale McCarr. And it's a good deal. I think all of these long-term deals for these proven defensemen are going to look really good in three, four years. Yeah. The cap is going to continue to rise. I think there's going to be more money in the system. It wouldn't surprise me if we're, we're poking near $100 million come 2028, 2029. And these deals will look really, really good. So good for Devin Tays. I think this is smart for Colorado. I don't think they're a contender in the West right now. Oh, my God. Come on. For a Stanley Cup. Come on. Yes. Come on. I said it like two weeks ago. I, I know. I don't think they are. I think they, they're missing some pieces up front. Their their offense is not that dangerous. I saw it I saw it like a headline that just made me chuckle. It was like I think this is the this is the time for Jonathan Duran to clean up his act and find his find himself. And I'm like, why? Why is it all of a sudden this time that it's going to work? It hasn't worked for the last five or six years. Because he's not, never played with talent like this. Stop. He was in Tampa Bay. Mm. Oh yeah, there, I was. No I was thinking. I was thinking. Bay. Tatar. Tatar has never played yeah, with talent. Tatar like has played with talent. He's, not not this talent. Yeah, it's just maybe it works out. Maybe it does. I just don't think it will based on track record. So I don't think they're not as good as Vegas. Not yeah. even close. I don't think they're as good as Dallas. I don't think they're as good as Edmonton. They'll they'll get their act together, and they're not nearly as good as Vancouver. <laughs> okay, I take issue with that one. Vegas three zero. Yeah, they're looking pretty good. They're looking pretty Aiden good. Hill, I got him on my fantasy team. Speaking of Kale, did you see that hit he laid on Jordan Stahl? No. Oh, good hit. Clean hit, shoulder right to like the face, basically, because Jordan leaned forward a little bit. But he was skating right into him, and he dumped the puck, and he just thought he was safe. He yeah. thought Kale wouldn't step up, just but like he Louis did. Just like Louis Erickson did when I buried him in center ice. Louis you Erickson. got it. You can't follow your dump. 
Elbow to the face. Can't follow your dump, kids. When you dump the puck in, you have to protect yourself. Get ready for the hit. One, two, three, four, five. Then you move on. One more thing. We, let's talk about the Stepan interview a little bit. Oh, we forgot about Steps. Usually we lead with that. Yeah, Derek Stepan. What did you think? I loved it. And we got a lot of positive feedback. Um, just like 10 out of 10. Great interview. I could have listened to that for five hours. We even got one that said they brought out a different side of you. Um, and I feel like, well, you seem to, I don't know, when, when it's former teammates that you really like, you probably are more engaged and you're probably a little bit more natural and funny. Um, he was great. And some... He was just a regular person. You know what I mean? There was no, there was no ego. There was no separation. There was no like invisible curtain that he was hiding behind. He was just a guy. He's just one of your friends. Yeah. And that's who he is to me. He's one of my friends. I really enjoyed playing with him. And I think when we interview other people, I, it's, it's different to ask questions to people that are somewhat, I don't want to say hard hitting, but they could sting a little bit. Versus asking your friend a question, that, that same question. It's like, you know, it's not going to hurt their feelings. They know it's not coming from a bad place. You're just interested. So I, I, I thought it, I thought it was one of our best interviews. I, yeah. I loved it. He's a good dude. I think he will go far in hockey. He's He's got the drive, obviously. And he's living right next to the GM, Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. What a gig, though. To be able to say, hey, I want to maybe be a GM one day. And, and that Billy Garen's like, okay, I'll, you can do everything. Everything. We should have asked his salary. I know I thought of doing it too. Yeah. What do you think? Is it six figures, obviously? It's six figures. It's probably it's it's probably in like the two hundred range. I was thinking two fifty. Yeah. Imagine that. No. <laughs> just like getting out of the NHL and just saying, you know what, I want to but I want to be able to go to golf in Scotland every couple months and I want to be able to, you know, go to Arizona in the winter. You know, it's a quarter of a quarter of a mil. I'll I'll pop in and out. He has three kids, right? Is that what he said? Yes. He was golfing in Scotland for eleven days. Correct. Could you pull no, that off? No, no, I, I barely can go to Chicago for one night <laughs> without like, I drove back after the game. So we finished the game and I will, I'll, I'll try not to talk about this. I don't want to combine the two entities. I, I'm going to try to separate, but I thought this was funny. I finished the game and Kaylee and Pat, my co-hosts are like, so you're going to spend the night. What's the plan? You got, you got friends here. I'm like, no, I'm driving back. And we, we finished up at 10 PM. That's 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. You're like, what? You're driving back? I'm like, yeah. You know, I rented a car. I'm going to head back. I got to go to the airport and exchange it and set home. We got church in the morning. So, like, I, I, I literally drove. I got home at 4 o'clock. I was up at 6.30 getting ready for mass at 8 o'clock. It was, it was, it's been a whirlwind. But I'm going to do that just because I don't want to, I don't, I want to do this more. Levi's snoring over there. <laughs> I want to do boy. this more, so I got to make sure my wife is okay with it. So I can't be spending the night and waking up and taking a 10 a.m. flight and just kind of like showing up at noon. Oh, uh, okay. You know? I thought it was, it's it's for Danielle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I would, I would, Connor was trying to get me to go out. Yeah. Well, they were in Montreal, but we were going to FaceTime. But yeah, no, I, I wonder if I'll ever see him, you know? Because we do it from the studio. It'd be cool to see him. Take a picture, selfie. It'd be like you. It's right now. It's like your relationship with Gronk, where you think you're friends with him, but you've never been in the same room with him. Do you think you could take Gronk in a fight? Oh, without a doubt, absolutely. Yeah. He's got more muscles than you. Yeah, probably never been in the fight. I, Tim, I but, have friends who listen to this show, so I won't go into detail. I have been in altercations with guys with muscles like that. And it didn't end well for them. Just put it down. <laughs> like, just, we'll leave it at that. Because that's the thing. People 
overestimate themselves based on a, they watch videos and they go, Oh yeah, I could do that. I could do that. And B, they work out in the gym. So they get these huge muscles and they're intimidating. So people are always clearing the way for him. Like, Oh, let this guy through. He can bench 380 or 400 pounds. He's huge. If you get him in a situation where, where someone doesn't back down like myself, you're, they're in trouble. They don't know what they're doing. You ever watch the basketball guys fight? Yeah. They don't know what they're, they're huge. Right. The punches are rainbow punches and you could like, you could hit them four times by the time their punch hits you. And so, yeah, I've gone down main street on a few guys just right down the pipe. What's the number one thing that says you would beat them? Is it your ability to take a hit or would he even hit? Would he, would he connect with you? Maybe, probably. I don't know. Maybe. But he wouldn't. I don't think it would. Okay. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I don't, no, I would win. Okay. Does that hurt your feelings? You really no, no, that. but someone asked that the other day because he brought up Gronk a few times lately, so. And maybe he has been in fights and I'm underestimating him, but I doubt he has. I bet he's boxed, but as like the boxing workout, not like technique, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know lots of guys who have boxed. I've actually been in physical street fights many, many times, <laughs> like a lot. And hockey fights too, which which translates well to the street. Yeah. Where you grab on and you just start. We used to like, uh, no, save it for another show. But um, yeah, it'll never happen. I would I know, like to be yeah. drunk though. Give me his number. No. <laughs> Can't have it. All right. What else, Tim? What are we doing? That's it. That's right. it. Yeah. That's Levi's sleeping, everybody. Thanks for joining us. It's been a good time. Come to the Leland Lodge if you're here in Upper Michigan. It's a great spot. Get some Crown Royal. Use DoorDash promo code NATION25. Go to give better. We have so many sponsors now. It's amazing. Not a not a coin to show for it. That's not true. Not yet. Well, have we gotten paid yet? No. Yeah. Not a not a dime. I haven't. So if you're getting paid, I'm not, I'm not hearing about it. No, we ain't getting nothing. But anyways, it's a good day. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.